Did you know that two of the hottest soccer coaches in the world right now are named Pep? Arsenal women have won 15 league titles, 14 FA Cups and the Champions League and are one of the historic powerhouses of women's football. Their coach, Joe Montemuro, is one of the hottest properties in the women's game right now and ironically, at home, he's also known as Pep. Joe won a title with Melbourne City in 2015-16 before answering the call to help rebuild Arsenal, who'd spent years in the wilderness prior to his arrival. In just his second year, the Gunners returned to the top of the pile in England. Joe is from just down the road from me in Melbourne, and I've been lucky to get to chat coaching with him a couple of times now. He's thoughtful, honest, and a great believer in the power of people. I'm Cody Royal, and this is Where Others Won't. Joe, how are you, my friend? All good. Uh, bit of indifferent weather in London, but uh, so far, so good. I want to take you back, kind of your origin story around coaching. You know, the way I think about it, we, we kind of grow up wanting to be, you know, Michael Jordan and David Beckham, not Phil Jackson and, and Sir Alex Ferguson. And so there needs to be a, you know, a catalyst moment around coaching. And some people are cerebral players and they were kind of born to be coaches or some people it was a coach came to you and said, Hey, you know, would you be interested in this? And, you know, there's, there's a whole range of different stories. So for you, you know, what was it? What, what drew you into once you'd finished playing, wanting to get involved in, in coaching? Yeah, look, I suppose uh, you touched on something that uh, you, I think as, as a player, you, um, you have, a, you have a little bit of a, uh, I suppose situations where you're always you're always thinking about uh, the next move or you know what can be done better or what's um, what what structurally from a from a um, from a from a tactical point of view can you can you do better and I think I was always that sort of player I was always always looking at some um, you know the global sort of patterns and structures of, of the way we wanted to play in terms of systems and and, uh, and ideas and, and movements. And, uh, and I suppose I've always taken that with me. And, and I, I suppose that, that journey into coaching probably started then when I was playing. And, um, you know, then, then, then the actual ability to, to put that in practice when you do become a coach is where, where I think the magic is and where the art is. So um, I suppose th- there wasn't the game or there wasn't an, an actual incident it was it was always something that was probably in my in my own dna that um i was always interested in 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 patterns design and uh, and the way way things move and um in terms of you know in terms of the collective and uh, and i think that was probably my 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 sort of uh, introduction into into one becoming a coach and, and i did it quite young so um hmm. so it was it's just it's just just, it's just rewarding. It's just rewarding from that perspective. And you might not remember the answer, but you know, when you were just kind of finding your feet, what did you think your competitive advantage as a coach was? And then I guess the question is, do you still think that same thing about yourself or do you think you've 
morphed in terms of like your advantage and, and um, you know, how you can, um, you know, execute with your team versus the opposition. Do you think it's the same or have you? Yeah, I, I think in, in essence it is. In essence it is. I think um, if there's probably one word that I want to use is, is probably creativity and innovation. Hmm. I think always, always testing, always testing testing new things and trying new things and I suppose having the belief, having the belief to, to do it and, uh, and then trying to, trying to convince your, your, your group that, uh, you know, we can, we can try this or do this. So I think, I think there's always, there's always pushing the realms and it might, it, it, it probably isn't as, how can I put it, probably isn't as, uh, as big as what it was when I was starting. It's probably maybe something small. It could be a new movement or it could be a new training method or it could be a new, a new uh, exercise just to, to get to the on to the to the next uh, to the next level. So I suppose it's probably more on a on a detailed and a smaller on a smaller s- sort of uh, essence. But um, it's definitely I, I think uh, innovation. I think uh, creativity and, and and obviously working out of comfort zones, working working to push the to push the bar. And, and that and that also doesn't just mean from a football perspective from a from a from a te- technical tactical it's also you know in terms of in terms of dealing with players um, just trying to you know come up with with different ways to get to get the message across in, in the right way um, so whether it's uh, you know maybe maybe backing off a little bit and uh, and and tackling it one way to get to the to, to get to the ultimate answer it's um, it's uh, it's yeah just looking at different ways and to, to innovate and be and be creative and, and and just keep pushing the bar so I think they're probably the similarities uh, in regards to when I did start training uh, where I did start coaching and, and, and to now yeah I I see a, a similar thread with myself I actually think I've changed almost completely I, I kind of always had that innovative edge and that was originally what was interesting to me was things like mm. play design. And I think I was yeah. quite dogmatic with that early on. Yeah. And, and I've probably gone completely the other way in terms of now it's that, that human development side of things and away yeah. from the, the X's and O's. Um, and, mm. and so, you know, over I've been coaching 12 years now and so just kind of looking back now even uh, it's just yeah it's just something I've observed about myself and it's been interesting as you kind of go through it and you learn new things and you watch other yeah. coaches and yeah I think I think uh, I think you, you're probably right I think um, you um, you know you have you have a, a strict sort of way that you want you want the pattern to develop or the movement to develop you know if you're working on you know just, just, just to build from the back or something like that but uh, I think I've become a little bit more um What's the word? Uh, I suppose a little bit more creative in in giving in giving the expression to the to the player to, to find the solution, but also underpinning that with with I, I suppose certain certain rules that that allow them the expression and the freedom. Um, and I think that's that's where I've, I've I've definitely developed instead of you know it being coach led that that a movement has to be A B and C or A to B to C. Um, it's now it might be A is, is the underpinning sort of set up but then b and c are are the the innovation and the creativity of the player and i think i think creating that creating that platform i think is is where uh you know the magic is and 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 i think also where um where you 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 become creative and innovative to 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 bring that forward and, and make that and make players understand that that why you're doing that so i think that's 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 a good point you make 
so let's talk about that. How do you make that happen? Because we, we have seen a shift in, in coaching where there was that, you know, even from a leadership perspective, it was very much top down and, and I'm not talking too long ago. And now there's been this kind of democratization of leadership and ownership of uh, small things within the game. You know, the creativity, like you said, where you, you kind of want to push it back onto the players and say, you know, I want you to, to work within this framework, but once you're in the framework, you know, I want you to express yourself and, and come out with that. And I feel like that's a, still a relatively new concept in coaching in terms of giving ownership back to the players and responsibility back to the players. Yeah, look, I, I, um, I think that the first port of call is, is, is clarity on, on the way you want to play. Mm. Um, and it might be very simple. It might be three or four things that, that you say, okay, I, I believe that we have the ability to play this style of football for these reasons. And then the next, the next thing is, is the buy-in from the players. And then I think the third and most important thing is, is that with this style of football that you want to play or your approach you want to play, how do you, how do you bring that to life? And I think with those sort of three elements, you then have the, you have the belief that these are the underpinning values that you, you bring with your team in terms of the way you want to play. I'm, I'm, I'm a big one for creating a football culture before an actual I suppose this word culture has been bantered around quite a lot. So I think, I think there has to be a, a synergy in the way you want to play and how you bring that to life and then the players believing in that and, and also the staff believing in that. And I think that creates the, I suppose, the rules that, that underpin that framework. And once you have that belief, then, then, then they know that within these, within these, these beliefs they'll get, They'll have the insurance policies to know that even if they're not playing well, they can fall back on these on these beliefs that you you, you bring in. Um, and then I think that 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 just automatically that automatically just um, gives them the freedom because they have solid foundations. If that if that makes sense. So um, you know, I, I talk about the style of play, but it's more it's more about it's more about a belief in the way we want to approach the game. And when you have that belief and you know how to bring it to life and they have those foundations, then the freedom and the expression and the creativity um, just works hand in hand with that. Yeah. You raise an interesting point there. And, you know, as I talk to different coaches and even just observe the way coaches talk on, on Twitter and, and it's a very active, um, particularly around soccer on, on Twitter and talking about you know, different tactics and, and management styles and things like that. And do you believe in, in kind of, you know, you've got your style and if, if that style works, we should be able to beat anyone. Um, so you're all about the kind of execution and, you know, if you're down at half time, so, you know, stick to the game plan or do you have kind of a, a style that, that morphs and, and, and changes over time? You know, do you have a plan B essentially or a plan C? Cause again, I, I've changed my perspective on that as well. I kind of have mm. one plan and I believe that we can beat anyone with that one plan and it, it comes down to our execution. Like, where do you sit on that? I'm probably, um, I've always been pretty, uh, pretty solid in, um, in my style, in, in the way we want to play the game. Um, and, and I've got sort of, I suppose, insurance policies within that that can still stick with the style 
that yeah. there is a plan B or a plan C that still assimilates the way we want to play, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's still within the realms, but there is a, there is a, a realm that uh, needs, um, needs to be understood. It's quite interesting because I was just having a discussion now with, uh, with a colleague and uh, where we've made it because we've, we're, we're, we've been in the Champions League. We were in the Champions League this year and um, we um, haven't been in for seven, eight years. We've, we've sort of been in a way as Arsenal from what's happening out there in Europe. And um, it was quite methodical and quite calculated that our pre-season was going to be against the best teams in Europe. Um, you know, the, the, we've played three of the four best sides in Europe uh, in our first three pre-season games. We haven't been successful from a results point of view, but the learnings have been have been phenomenal. They've been phenomenal because I look at these these top teams, and one of them is is one of the best teams in Europe, and and they basically, when we had the ball, they dropped they dropped off to the halfway line and just allowed us to have it. Um, so it sort of has triggered some some ideas in me that hey, we may need other other approaches within the style but there needs to be a level of continuity to be able to do that often, whether you're defending or whether you have the ball. And I think, I think the style now, you know, and over the last three, four weeks has, has sort of now developed and it will have to be adapted a little bit when we are playing teams in Europe and playing different, different ways and different ideas because they do. I ask the girls who know this team quite well, um, from another country, do they play like that in their league? And they said, completely not. They're completely different. But they have and they have adopted, you know, a way that's uh, that suits what they need to do. So I probably yeah. won't go a hundred percent, you know, completely against my my ideals and, and our our ideals as a as a group. But I think there needs to be a, a happy medium when we are playing certain teams. Um, so I hope I've answered the question. But um, there's definitely um, there's definitely a plan B and C within our style that still gives us evidence of the way we're playing. Love that. And let's talk about, um, and you and I have talked about this before, but, you know, even you going in at, at Arsenal and, you know, there is a, a, a way of playing at that football club. And, you know, it, it certainly suited the way that you wanted to play the game anyway. But just like for people that might be interested, what was that process like? You know, you come from, from Australia, you get the Arsenal job and, um, you know, even the clubs you were with in Australia were relatively new and there would have been, you know, cultural elements that you were building. And then you come to Arsenal and there's, there's kind of a defined, not a defined way of playing, but, um, you know, there is a, a cultural way of playing the game that, the fans like to see and the, the club likes to see. What was that process like for you as a coach? You, you come in with all these ideas and, and um, into this huge club. Um, yeah. Just like talk me through that, that process. You know, what was day one like? Yeah, look, I think, um, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's the, the anxiety, the nerves. You're not sure. Um, you're not sure how the players are going to, uh, to react to the situation. I think the first thing I did was just did a little bit of research into where they were, mm. where they'd come from. Um, and then I did a lot of research on, the, on each individual in terms of who they are, what their last six months, eight months has looked like, even in terms of with their national teams. You know, are they coming into a group that's fatigued? So I got it. I, I, I informed myself quite a lot um, on, on the individuals. Hmm. Um, and, and I and I effectively then started with with um, 
just individual meetings with players, just seeing where they're at, what what their thoughts are, how what their outlook on football is, um, and and even before I did any any um, organisational or operational sort of um, changes, um, I, I just made sure that um, they got to understand who I was. I got to under, I got to understand them. Um, and then, uh, effectively, the first meeting we had was about Arsenal, what it means, uh, what their values are. And then I, I actually asked the players what these values mean. What, the, what, the, what do they mean to you? What do they mean to us as a, as, as, as a group? And, uh, and I sort of probably approached it from who the, who the club is, you know, what it means to be, to be Arsenal, what it means to be... Um, part of you know uh, a team that uh, is a is I suppose a, uh, 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 an important part of, of not only football worldwide but women's football from from a historical point of view, and I, and I, I probably triggered emotions from that that perspective of who they are and what they want to be, and then and then from there I, I actually then started to instill the methodology, the way the way um, uh, the way I think we should play. Um, but more importantly, how are we going to do it? Not not just word style. We're going to be possession based, or we're going to be uh, we're going to be an attacking team, or we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I actually just went into detail. Okay, well, this is how we're going to do it in our training, in our pre-activation, in our in our language, and I think that's that's where it really resonated because the players then said, okay, well, we want to we're going to play like this, but he's actually shown us and. And, and instigated how we're actually going to do it on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's where that's where I got the initial... I'm probably talking from a coaching philosophical perspective because I, I hear a lot of... I ask people, oh, you know, how, how do you like the game? How do you, how do you want to be played? How do, you, how do you think it should be played? How, what, what, are your, what are your ideas on the way it should be played? And, and, they, and they tell me, okay, well, it's, uh, you know, ball possession and we want the ball and we want to do this and we want to do that. Okay, well, give me an example of how you do it every day. How do you do it every day? How do you train it every day? What are the things that you you you, you say as Bible and language that, that are that are important to, to bring that to life? And and I think that's where there's always a little bit of a grey area. So I suppose you know, going back to the first question, I think that's where you know the the you you the penny drops as a coach when you know you you know how you want to play but then you know how to do it in everyday language and then you can teach it to your staff and, and your players use it as everyday language. So, um, and then from there, um, you know, we, we then started looking at, at squad management, how we were going to, we how the squad was going to look. And, and that was easy because it was basically always re- relating to the way we wanted to play to the profile of player that we needed to, to, to play the way we wanted to play. And that's, um, and that's where, you know, having a strong methodology or having a strong philosophy on the way you want to play and how you want to do it, you know, works hand in hand with the player that you bring in. And just to back up for anyone that doesn't know, you know, Arsenal women's or used to be Arsenal ladies basically hold every domestic record in, in English football from the league to, you know, won the FA Cup, I think 12 times, you know, won the Champions League. The, you know, if you, the trophy room is, is substantial uh, from the women's game just like it is in, in the men's game at the club. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, you joined kind of after a period of 
uh, I guess it was five or six years they hadn't won the league. Yeah, I, I'm certain it would have been a, a really interesting phase and now uh, won the league last year and the FA Cup. We won a League Cup, league cup in 17-18. Yeah, so um, made the final of the FA Cup in 17-18 and made the final of the League Cup last year also. So, um, so yeah, um, definitely uh, we've got our sights on, uh, on obviously bringing back the trophies and, uh, and scenarios, mm-hmm. but uh, now it's another challenge, you know, because yeah. now it's the challenge of expectation. It's the challenge of, um, you know, obviously if you want to, you know, use the, the, the playing coaching term of being hunted, you know, and, and obviously now more games with Champions League. So the, the, the challenges are completely different and, um, you know, we've approached it very, 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 in a very, very simple manner um, of, you know, putting these players out of their comfort zone. Yeah, um, and, uh, and challenging them, and but but not uh, but not comfort zone in in a negative way. Comfort zone in a positive way. That uh, we are challenging at at the, at the highest level possible. We are we are training at the highest level possible, and and, and how can you know you um, you know uh, shift the uh, shift the momentum to be uh, to be back in uh, you know. Um, to, to want to be better, to want to be, um, to want to challenge yourself to be better, and, and I think it's it's a positive position to be in, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I was listening yesterday to Steve Kerr was on a podcast with Michael Gervais, uh, a sports psych for the the CLC Hawks, and and they were talking about you know this idea of winning after winning. And, you know, Golden State Warriors, obviously, that's kind of been, <laughs> they've been at the forefront of that over the last four or five years mm. and you know he asked Steve Kerr about that and it really triggered something with me around you know how do you create sustained success and how do you plan for sustained success and and you know, yeah what are those things that change after you know winning the first one and and how do you not have it stop there at one yeah so you said things have changed but like what are those things yeah, look, it's uh, it's, it's actually a, a difficult situation because I, I I don't I'm not I'm not totally clear yet. I mean, I've I've got an idea and I'm bringing sort of a methodology and a, and a mentality I brought from Melbourne City in terms of now. Obviously, we're bringing players in. We need a bigger squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the reality is also that that the women's game has now gone another notch, another level. Yeah, um, and. And 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 yeah, there will be there will be casualties along the way um, because of of the of the so called comfort zones that probably existed in the women's game, you know. And I think that sort of works in hand, hand in hand with serial winning because you, you you set the levels, you set the you set the bar, and that's not just me; that's the staff, that's everyone that you know. You, the details of being on time for a, for a pre activation or a recovery session, the details of of doing. The, uh, the, um, the the little extras that, that are need, that needed to be done. And, and look, like everything, you know, we only see them, you know, in the professional domain and we're talking about the players and staff, but what are they doing, uh, you know, in, in the downtime? What are they doing often? And these are the little details that I think keep you at, keep you at the highest level, keep you at the, at the sustained, uh, sustained levels. The reality is, is that, uh, you know, the challenging of, of putting them out of their comfort zones um, will, you know, and through the way we want to play and the way we want to do things, will will attract a certain player that's going to be able to sustain and keep and keep raising the bar. Yeah. And when you keep raising the bar, you know, you have you have 
that natural selection of players that want to be here and that natural selection of players that, that just can't sustain it, you know. And uh, I think, um, look, uh, it's it's like it's like uh, you know most sort of scenarios. Just just keep keep raising the levels and keep wanting to get better and keep innovating and keep and keep being creative. Um, and uh, and I think that 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 for me seems to to have worked at Melbourne City. Um, you know, um, and, it, and it's hopefully a, a recipe to keep uh, keep us going uh, at Arsenal. Yeah, and from the the research that I've done into it as well, from different sports, uh, I think you're right. There seems to be there's kind of this restlessness that seems to exist within these organisations, and, and this isn't just. You know, I think we we tend to scramble towards the organisations that have won, but there are plenty of examples of teams that have had sustained success that haven't necessarily won things like you know just Bur- Burnley as an example. You know, contextually they have had sustained success on the men's side. Hundred percent. And again, it's defining it's defining what's winning. You know, it's yeah. defining what's winning. And I mean, you know. What about the, the small club that, that produces players from the academy and, uh, and uh, you know, is able to stay in a top level with, with academy players and, and on sell them and does that? I mean, I, I look at that as, as an amazing win in football processes. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, what, it's what the process of, of, of what you define winning as, which I think is where, where we win. You know, we, we win at Arsenal, um, you know, and I keep saying this, we win at Arsenal by, by our brand of football. Um, we win an Arsenal by by an entertaining brand of football that people can walk away and say, you know what, I I, I enjoyed that, and and that you know works in hand in hand in hand with the way I want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and to boot, you know, we can entertain and win. I think you can win the right way, and that's um, and that's important to me more than more than. And I and I gain that as a win more than more than the actual trophies and uh, you know the the personal accolades. I just want to talk about you for a second and, and your personal development because, again, you know, the, my audience, there's a lot of, a lot of football coaches and, and they're interested in, you know, where you get your learning from. So, you know, who do you look to either from within your sport, out of your sport, uh, you know, completely different disciplines? How do you learn as a coach and, and take in new ideas and new philosophies about leadership and whatever it is? Yeah, look, I think um, I think you know I'm going to be cliched about this. I think there's there's learning everywhere. I think there's uh, you know not not just in the not just in the sporting domain, but uh, whether it's people that are working uh, you know in non-government organisations, whether it's people that are working in in in, in high levels of business that are that are doing innovative innovative ways of uh, of leadership. Um, I think um, there's there's many many ways to to find little things that, that trigger your emotion. And I, and I think that's, that's where I learn. I learn from maybe reading, reading a, a, a book or reading something that uh, someone's doing and, and there's a word or there's a, there's a little phrase that, that just triggers what you believe in and how you can make things, make things better. So I think the inspiration comes from everywhere. Um, look, I, I watch a lot of football. I watch a lot of games. Um, and it and it might be the most boring game, and it's a nil nil nothing. But there's there's a movement, there's something, there's a there's a body position of a midfielder, there's something that you'll pick up that you can say, okay, where does that fit in with my beliefs? Where does that fit in with uh, with what we're doing? Um, so so I suppose I'm I'm sort of more looking for little details and little little things that that we can bring 
bring to mind with with the solid way that uh, I believe the game should be played. And I think probably the, the biggest one is is people, is people skills, mm-hmm. um, learning how to deal with with emotions, learning to to find those little those little keys when a player comes up to you or those little cues when a player comes up to you and, and asks, oh, why aren't I playing today? Or, or you know, what are you thinking this week? Or I think my biggest learning is just speaking with players and speaking with people um, and making me understand where they're coming from and, and putting it into context. Because sometimes the decisions we make uh, as a coach are, are not for the greater good of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think the magic is where you can make the player who's probably disappointed to understand that the decision doesn't suit you, but it suits the group. It suits for the benefit of the group going forward. I think um, I think that's probably where I'm I'm learning and growing as a, as a person. Um, you know, everyone says to me, oh, there's, you know, there's always going to be players disgruntled. There's always going to be staff who's going to be upset. There's always going to be a situation where there's going to be a player having a go at someone. And, you know, and then I, I'm, I may be, you know, uh, a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, in dreamland with this, but I, I do believe there is a, there is a utopia of a group. There is a utopia that everyone is, oh, yeah. is, uh, is working towards, uh, you know, the greater good of the group. And, and are there to learn and grow and, um, you know, can walk away from an experience with, with my teams having, having taken some, some positivity, not from a football perspective, but from a life skill perspective. No, there definitely is that utopia that there's the, the, the perfect game. You're after the perfect game and that doesn't yeah. mean that you win 10 nil. What it means is that there's that perfect group harmony. And yeah, and I agree. It's yeah, that's what we're all chasing, but I'm with you. It does exist. Yeah. And I think it does. Yeah. I think it I, does. I, I, I haven't, I haven't nailed it. I haven't nailed it. Um, and maybe I might not ever nail it. Maybe I might not, not ever nail it, but I think if I can keep, keep, Working towards it, um, I think. Um, I think uh, you know uh, the growth for me as a person is is uh, is phenomenal from that perspective. One last question here, mate. The psychology in sport in general and in life in general has become huge in the last let's call it a decade. You know, mindfulness and meditation and and you know mental skills and. It's been a, a boom sector within sports, certainly. But again, it, it doesn't necessarily always end up in the coaching rooms. Um, yeah. So like, how do you, when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or unfocused, or how do you bring yourself back to you know, what you need to do so that you can be the best for the, the players when, when things get stressful? Because you know, especially now you're in a high-stress environment, a, a massive football club, you know, London, the media, all that kind of thing. Do you have any, any skills or tricks or anything that work for you? Yeah, look, I think, uh, I think, I think all what you're saying is, is really positive in terms, of, in terms of that part of the industry uh, has, has, become a, has become, you know, the forefront is, and has become uh, an important part. You know, player well-being is, is huge because our demands are, are becoming, you know, uh, huge. They're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, just give my staff days off. Just stay away from here. Get out of here. You know, you you have to. You know, is that enough? I don't know. So, player well being and staff well being is 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 fundamental. 
I've I've become more uh, of a listener than a than a than a than a than a you probably probably from the, the amount of talking I'm doing in this uh, in this, uh, in, this <laughs> in this discussion you probably you probably people are scratching their head and saying oh you know Scott talks a lot but I I, I I tend to listen a lot more and that gives me the opportunity to to understand the situation um, you know where it's at. Where's the player coming from? Why and and why is this making me anxious? Why am I disappointed about my reaction or whether the the player's reaction or the group's reaction? So I think I think just taking taking a breath, taking time, is, has been my my biggest learning over the last two three years. Um, and um, and and I think that's helped me. That's helped me quite a lot. Yeah. Um, instead of because as coaches we tend to say yeah yeah but yeah you oh, we want to jump in and we want to we want to we want to be we want to be on the forefront of you know or in control. It's it's a default mechanism that I see in a lot of coaches. I think understanding, and I, I probably did this about five six years five six years ago is that it's not about me. Uh, it's, right. it's this Arsenal is not about me. Melbourne City is not about me. The players performing on the park is not about me, and and I always use that as a little, a little sort of trigger. It's not about me. It's about it's about understanding what the situation's about now and why there's why there's tension or why there's anxiety in this situation and and how can we we find the find the the, the triggers to 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 make this uh, a little bit better. I lean on a few people here at Arsenal. I lean on um, you know the the the. The, the sports sites, um, they're, they're fantastic. And the one we have uh, with, our, with our group um, basically not chairs the meetings, our, 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 weekly and, um, our weekly and monthly staff meetings, but is sort of at the forefront of it. And I think that's really, really important because I, I think it gives all my staff the opportunity to, um, to, to understand, you know, the dynamics and what's happening. Um, and I, and I, I'm quite comfortable going on the forefront with, with letting the players know that I'm, you know, that I use the sports psychologist to assess me, to give me feedback on my demeanor, to give me feedback on, on, on a talk that I've given to the players or to the staff. And I find that that really breaks down the barriers, um, that it's, it's okay, that it's okay to, to have issues happening away from home and, you know, let's talk about it and let's, let's see where we can find a, a happy medium. Um, because I think all successful sporting organizations that I've been involved in, usually the one word that, that, that comes to, to mind is safety. It being a safe place to come and come and be you, be yourself, be the best that you can be. And, um, you know, I, I, going hand in hand with the utopia, uh, I suppose uh, um, example I I, um, I said um, I want it to be the ba- the best place it can be from a safety perspective and and from a from a from a, an organisational perspective. So uh, so yeah, um, I, I I definitely use a lot of lean on a few people, but have a few triggers that that help me to really understand the situation, which then breaks breaks down the the initial anxiety you might have from a, from a reactive point of view when someone does come to you with a problem. 
That's a fantastic point. That that safety, you know, we don't tend to think of that from the leadership perspective, and and there needs to be a safety there too. It, it kind of always seems to be, you know, when you see an article on LinkedIn, it's about the employees and making sure that they're safe. But it's actually reciprocal. I, I love that. I haven't yeah, hadn't thought about it like that before. Um, yeah. so thank you for that. Yeah, they've got to want they've got to want to come in every morning and know that they're going to be taken care of. That you know that they they. They're going to be heard. That that a player's going to be heard. That they're going to be. Uh, that the staff's going to be heard. That it, that that we're going to look at it and assess it and uh, and talk about it. Yeah, you need the non-negotiables. Yes, there are the the, the disciplinary sort of uh, organisational things, but they should be just part of of what you do in the everyday uh, everyday life of a professional sportsman. Um, but I think if they can come there knowing that uh, it's a place where. You know, they, they can be the best that they can be. Um, I think, as I said, I think the word safety is, is one that's, uh, that's important to us. I am not surprised that you've had success. I'm sure anyone listening is not surprised. I wish you continued success. Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I, uh, I wish you the most possible success, especially going into the Champions League. Um, for anyone that wants to follow along with you, you are on Twitter. Look, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm not very savvy at the twitters and the the Instagrams, but there is a there is a post every once in a while. But look, I'm I'm always looking at uh, at the information. So uh, if anyone wants to uh, to uh, send me something, I'm, I'm more than happy to to help out. Wonderful, mate. Appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to coming for a visit next time I'm in London. And uh, yeah, again, I wish you success for, for the year and um, I'm interested to, to maybe do this again next year and, and see where we're at again. Fabulous. Likewise. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to uh, going to the Emirates Stadium to watch a game at, uh, for our beloved Arsenal.